0: The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms.
1: It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host.
0: Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys, Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights from the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. We've got a great show for you today. You ever think about all those ingredients you see on the food products we buy and some of them, they look like chemicals or whatever. You don't, you don't really know what they are and on our personal care products. Also, even sometimes they say all natural stuff and you look at it and it's like, well, what is this? This doesn't sound natural. And then the same thing with our cleaning products around the house. And if you layer on that, on top of that, all the radiation we're exposed to at all times, all the power lines that are everywhere, the chemtrails that are out there. The thing is, we're exposed to a lot at all times. So anything we can do to educate ourselves about how to best take care of ourselves and our family by making the right choices when we choose products, whether to eat, to use them on on our bodies, or also clean our homes and our clothing with them, it's really important to be a knowledgeable consumer so you can make as good as de- decisions as possible, you're never going to be perfect. There's just so many choices and so much we have to keep choosing all day long. It's really, you, it's, you're not going to bat a thousand, but you could be clean-ish. And that's the name of the book that we're going to talk about today. My special guest is Jen Stevens. She's been on the show before. She's a New York Times best-selling author of the book Fast, Feast, and Repeat. We talked about intermittent fasting last time, but she's written this really terrific book called Clean-ish. Eat mostly clean, live mainly clean, and unlock your body's natural ability to self-clean. It's got a lot of helpful information to help all of us make those right choices. And a lot of times we don't even think about it. I was going out looking for new places to live. We always look and seem to find places that check all the boxes, but they have a fatal flaw, whether it's the price, the location, um, it's too dark inside or whatever. There's always something. So we found a place the other day because we're thinking of moving, and it checked off all, all the boxes. And then I looked at the Google map, and I'm looking down. I see this, uh, one of those big outdoor towers, those electric power line towers <laughs> with power lines connected. So anyhow, it, didn't, it seemed far enough away, and I did a little research on how close those can be we drive up and we look at the place and it's like really nice. And then I step out on the back porch and I look up and about 350 feet away from me is this huge, huge uh, tower. You can't miss it. No matter where you sit, no matter where you look, you're going to see that. And, and I asked the realtor, I said, is that active? <laughs> I knew the answer. already. she said, oh, yes, uh, around here, you, you know, everybody expects that. I said, OK, thank you. And uh, I was going to make a joke and say, oh, I'm surprised they didn't uh, put Christmas lights on it. But I I didn't. And we said, thank you. And uh, that was that. So I put a big X on that when we got home, as my wife agreed, because we don't want to be too close to that type of stuff. Because we're exposed to all these things all the time anyhow. So we want to make the right choices. So anyhow, Jen Stevens is going to get into all types of information about our food personal products, and our cleaning products we use in our homes, and she's got a lot more information about how we can live as cl- clean as possible. The name of the book is "Cleanish," ish and we're going to get it on right now. It's Guy's Guy Radio. All right, everybody. It's my favorite part of the show when I get to introduce and interview somebody who's a cool person, also has a a good story to share and some information that's going to help me and everybody out there. And I've got a special person today. Her name is Jen Stevens. She's been on a show previously. We talked about her book about intermittent fasting. We're going to touch on that again, fast, feast, repeat, but also she's got a new book. It's called Cleanish. Eat mostly clean, live mainly clean and unlock your body's natural ability to self-clean. So let me tell you a little bit about what's going on first. Would you like to improve your health so you age well, prevent disease and feel good about your body and maybe even lose a couple of pounds along the way? Would you like you and your family to eat cleaner, safer foods, cleaner personal care products, household cleaners and a cleaner, safer environment? Well, Jen is going to help us out because she's a New York Times best-selling author She's going to show us how to focus on real foods, healthier home environment, free of obvious toxins, and also eating clean, living clean, and unlocking our body's natural ability to self-clean. I could go on and on, but let's just get started. Welcome back to Guys, Guys Radio, Jen Stevens.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I always love coming back to a show.
0: (laughs) So we have a (laughs) terrific book. Once again, the name is Cleanish eat mostly clean, live mainly clean and unlock your body's natural ability to self clean. So I guess let's start right at the beginning. What inspired you to write this book? And it's a great book, by the way, it's, it's chock full of information. It's fun to read. And it's got a lot of things I wasn't aware of. And I do my very best as does my wife and my family to live a cleanish life. But wow, I learned a lot. So what inspired you to pull this together? Because a lot of work.
1: You know, I learned. I learned a lot writing it. You know that you might think you know when someone writes a book, they're already an expert in the field as they write it. But my background is being I was a teacher for 28 years, so my my expertise is learning information, creating content, redelivering my curriculum. Right, this book is my my um, redelivery of curriculum of what it means to live cleanish. So how did I get interested in that? Well, I've been living an intermittent fasting lifestyle since 2014, and I lost over 80 pounds with that. And along the way, I realized I started to gravitate towards other healthy practices as well. You know, I started off eating the standard American diet, But over time, I realized I didn't feel as well when I ate that way. The better I ate, the better I felt. And it just kind of snowballed into, wow, you know, I'm really taking care of my health with intermittent fasting. So what I put into my body... Needs to also nourish my body the best that it can. So that really got me started most recently along this path. And as far as writing cleanish, it's kind of funny. When you have a, a New York Times bestseller, your editor's like, All right, what are you going to write next? What's your next book about intermittent fasting going to be? And I said, I'm not going to write a book about intermittent fasting. They were like, what? <laughs> You're the intermittent <laughs> fasting girl. So I was like, you know, there's a lot more that I want to share with the world. And that's, that's where the idea for Cleanish was born.
0: So what exactly is Cleanish? What does that mean?
1: Well, you know, we all have heard about, you know, eating clean. And there have been a lot of books about it. And, you know, you, you've heard that wording before. But it's really kind of funny when you start digging in. You know, when I started you know, researching for clean-ish, the ish is important, you know, I went out there and I'm like, what is out there? What's already out there? So I started looking at definitions of clean eating, what we perceive that to be. And some of it was just really um, interesting, like one clean eating plan, like you could eat dairy as long as it was low fat. And another one, you couldn't have dairy at all. And so you know, we've got all these definitions in our head of what it means to be clean, but there's so many that we don't really even know what that means. So in in my mind, you know, being clean-ish with our eating and living is putting fewer toxins in intentionally as we can and helping our body process the ones that we we're going to come in contact no, with no matter what we do. Just through living our lives, we can't live in a bubble. Even if we did, the bubble might be made of, you know, BPA, I don't know. <laughs> we need to be careful um in what we can control without worrying too much about what we can't control. And by doing those things, you know, being intentional about what we put in and helping our bodies clear things out, we can live a healthier life overall. So that that was the thing, you know, cleanish because you don't want to be afraid to live your life. You don't want to be afraid. Like if I go to, you know, if I'm traveling and I want a cup of coffee, I don't want to have to grill the barista on, you know, is this organic? How is it farmed? Tibetan monks, that sort of thing. But at home, I, I use organic coffee. But it's okay to have standard coffee at an airport, for example.
0: Let's uh, Let's talk about the human body a little bit, just for okay. context, Jen. Most people are relatively unaware that the bodies are predominantly made up of millions and billions of microbes. And these microbes, particularly in our gut, are critical Mm -hmm. to our overall health and well-being. What do people need to know about the importance of gut health as a leading indicator to the prevention of chronic diseases? In other words, do all diseases begin in the gut?
1: Do all diseases begin in the gut? I would not say, go so far as to say all, you know, obviously. But I will say that the gut is just... um, it is really the seat of so much of our health, right? It can be found right there and what lives in our gut. It's so interesting. You know, we think we know a lot about the body and the gut. We are really just unlocking the, the secrets of what's going on down there. You know, in the past, Decade to you know to two decades is really when we've finally been able to sequence what lives in the gut. You know, scientists didn't know. They're like, ah, oh, it's just you know the stuff, the gut, you know, whatever bacteria, poop. <laughs> and then they started being able to genetically sequence the different um, gut bugs that live there, and they realized it's a very diverse place, you know, with so many different things that all have jobs to do. And your health can really be linked to what gut bugs live there. Like there are some that are associated with obesity. There are some that are associated with increased inflammation, decreased inflammation, certain gut bugs, you know, leanness. So our goal is to foster a healthy gut community. And there's so many ways we can do that. What we put in matters. We all probably have the idea that you know, we want to feed them healthy foods, you know, because our guts down there, you know, breaking apart what we eat, and then they create all these compounds that go out into our body. So if you're feeding your gut, mostly ultra processed foods, the standard American diet, first of all, that's going to foster the unhealthy gut bugs. And then they're going to be releasing compounds that cause increased inflammation in your body, all sorts of things that you don't want to have happen. But besides just You know, we want to feed them the good foods that support the good gut bugs. We also want to stop putting in things like artificial flavors, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, because those are also really bad for the good gut bugs but they nurture the ones we don't want to nurture. So I like, I didn't even realize how important these chemicals were for our gut microbiome So I really started digging into that. And so, you know, we all have a hunch that artificial sweeteners are not good for us, for example. You know, they have zero calories. We've been tricked into thinking they're good for us. We kind of probably all know, hmm, they probably really aren't but we're not sure why. Well, one reason why is they're not good for our gut. And if you have an unhealthy gut, as I already said, that's going to translate into just general poor health overall. So we we eat great foods, a lot of, a lot of food from plants, because that's really what feeds our guts well. The, the bigger variety of plants that you can eat, really the healthier your gut community is going to be.
0: People hear like ultra processing and it's some... Some might take away like, oh, that's good because it's ultra processed or ultra homogenized milk. I mean, we like to buy raw milk for my son. He loves milk. And then it's a lot of times it's ultra processed There's organic milk that's ultra processed. And we'd look for raw milk that's not really homogenized at all. What, what, what do people need to know about some of those labels in terms of the processing and homogenization and things like that?
1: Well, just in general. The term ultra processed foods is one we've really started hearing over the past few years because prior to that, people just talked like loosely about whole foods and processed foods, but that didn't quite give us enough information because even, you know, I'm, I like to make my own bread from scratch from time to time. I have a wheat mill. So I take, you know, the organic wheat berries and I grind them into flour and make, that's a processed food. because. I'm taking something, the wheat berries, grinding them, processing them, turning them into bread. But I think everyone would agree that bread made from wheat that I mill at home is, is a pretty healthy food, right? Unless you think grains are bad for everybody. I'm not in that camp. Grains don't work for everyone. But, you know, overall, they're, they can be part of a healthy diet if you're healthy in general. So... There's a difference between processed food like that bread that I make versus ultra processed food. If you go to the grocery store and get a loaf of white bread that that's, you know, got a long list of ingredients, that is an ultra processed food because, you know, so many of those ingredients, you, first of all, you would not even be able to buy them to put them into your own food at home. Cause they're, you know, in the, made in a the lab, they're in the factories when they put them in the bread, but um, It's just, it's not even recognizable by the body as food. So when we think about ultra processed food, like that that loaf of white sandwich bread that we all grew up on, it's just not recognized by the body. Like we eat real food from nature. Our bodies know what to do with that. But all these chemicals that we're putting in, we're like, what even is this? This isn't even food. So it's really kind, kind of simple when it comes to food if you can identify what it is, it's probably a safe bet. If it's got a long list of ingredients and most of them are made in a factory, that's ultra-processed food. And it's it's not going to be good for us. We have got so many studies. I go into them in cleanish, you know, study after study coming out about ultra-processed food. And, you know, a lot of times in the scientific literature, we find, you know, confusion or they don't always agree. But when it comes to ultra-processed food, I've yet to find anyone who says that, Ultra processed food gives us benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, all these ultra processed foods are linked to so many of the modern diseases in society. So, really, just reducing the amount of ultra processed food and increasing the amount of real food, you're going to be better off.
0: Now, I'm guessing that uh, the food companies. I used to work for a major food company way back when, and we. I didn't get, and I was in marketing. I didn't get into too many conversations about, you know, health. Per se right. it was about consumption and uh, it wasn't like let's let's make it as cheap as possible and people will buy it but we always looked for ways to save money, of course, in the right. processing and you know uh, enhance the profit margin. So I guess the reason why corp- major corporations are using so much processing because ultimately, based on uh, quantities uh, that they're they're saving money in the long run and that's why they're doing it and they're just not looking out for it. Part two of my thought and the question is what are the oversights that are there that are protecting consumers knowing that the corporations aren't really looking out for our health. And not, I'm not saying they're trying to make us sick, but they're trying to make a profit. And that's different than looking out for our health, unless there's specific, you know, specific company says this, here's your berries, here's your wild blueberries. I mean, there's no, all you need to do is put that in a package. So right. talk to us.
1: I'm not sure there's really very many safeguards out there. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I mean, you know, they make sure that right. the food is not rotten when we get it. You know, there's certain <laughs> things like that. But in general, you know, the problem is if you eat that white sandwich bread, you're not going to have an immediate adverse reaction. You're not going to eat the sandwich bread and then die. So there's no like, you know, close cause and effect. The, the harm comes to your body over the long term. So it's hard to blame that that white bread as, as being detrimental, because it's really just, you know, a combination of lifestyle things, you know, back to what you were talking about with the companies and, you know, the profits, that's one reason why, you know, these chemicals are there. They make the food more shelf stable, for example. You know, I don't know. I was watching something not that long ago. It was a lady who was being interviewed. I can't remember what it was on, but she had this burger, that she carried around with her. And I swear it was like five years old or 10 years old or something. And it just looked like she could have bought it oh, two days ago. It didn't have mold on it. It was, you know, a little dehydrated looking. But that thing, she had been hauling that around with her for years. You know, we the companies, if their food goes bad. They have to throw it away and they can't sell it to you. So, you know, the preservatives, all the chemicals in there to keep the food shelf stable. that they, That's important to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more food, you know, the, the chemicals, you know, like, for example, remember when low fat was the rage and everyone was looking for snack wells. Did you buy the snack wells? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah they have to put in things like emulsifiers. I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but all these fat substitutes to give us the same mouthfeels, the feeling like we're eating a real cookie. So they have to like come up with these things in a lab that that fool us into thinking, oh, we're having real food, but they're just a bunch of chemicals and our bodies don't even know what to do with them. But it's a lot cheaper than like you talked about the organic real food.
0: Okay. Guys, Guys Radio, my special guest is the incredible Jen Stevens. We're talking about her new book, cleanish, eat mostly clean, live mainly clean, and unlock your body's natural ability to self-clean. And just for context, you know, your background, you just, you were a teacher, but also you have a doctorate in uh, education, degree in gifted and talented education, master's in natural sciences, bachelor in elementary education, and a, um, graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition's health coach training program. So you've got a lot of experience in the field and credentials. So it's not just you're, you know, you're somebody at home who just likes to look use Google to find this. You've you've right. walked you've walked the walk. So, so thank you. I've written
1: you. a dissertation. Yeah, I know yeah. how, to, I got it past a committee. So I know how to <laughs> you know, present information in a, and, and find it, right?
0: Okay. So let's uh, talk about some of the real culprits when it comes to ingredients on in our food. And I guess the vast majority are, are in processed and packaged foods. What are some yeah. of the highlights? The ones like, uh-oh, don't take that one. Like carrageenum, I, I heard is a real bad one. <laughs>
1: You know, a lot of these new sneaky things that, you know, um, are on all these labels, the closer you can get really to traditional methods of, of having, you know, like, like something you're, we have to go back farther than our grandparents now. Cause my grandmother always had tab and chicken and a biscuit crackers, but so you have to keep going back to the generations that like farmed and grew their own food. If it's, if it's close to real food. It's probably good for you. If it's got all these chemicals on the label that you can't pronounce, it probably isn't. Now, that being said, you know, I tell a story in there and cleanish about just because something is hard to pronounce doesn't mean that it's dangerous. So we, you know, like I, I tell the story of, um, um you know like have you ever seen the parody did you probably saw it in the book where people talk about water but they call it dihydrogen monoxide and make it sound so scary but it's just really water you know we can make anything sound scary if we use a long chemical name for it so just because you can't pronounce it on the label doesn't mean it's it's bad for you but a lot of the things that we can't pronounce on the label are bad for us but some of the things that sound innocent actually could be a problem like for example you know, natural flavor, doesn't that sound so like wholesome, but it could be, you know, code name for MSG, which is not. So that's where you have to really learn how to distinguish between which companies, which, you know, labeling practices, which buzzwords that are on the label are actually meaningful. And you have to know what to look for when when you're going along. Like I said, natural flavoring, that can be tricky. You know, there are some things are obviously we don't want if it's got artificial in front of it artificial flavors, artificial colors, all of these preservatives, you learn how to find them on the label. You know, there's a lot of different oils that are, are not good for us. You know, we were tricked all through the um, heart healthy, you know, use all these vegetable oils. Well, it turns out, you know, canola oil, for example, that we were all taught was so good for us really is very inflammatory. So instead we want to use more traditional oils like olive oil, Avocado oil, that sort of thing. So many of these things that have been created in a lab are just highly inflammatory for the body, bad for the gut, like we already said. They're just, they're just really not food. In cleanish, I distinguish between food and not food. So we want to prioritize eating
0: food. On the oil, because uh, I was going to yeah. come to that, but coconut oil consuming, swishing, cooking with. What's your feeling on uh, organic? Coconut oil?
1: Yeah, I think coconut oil is a great choice as far as the oils go. You know, it, when you think about the oils, think back which oils have been used for a long time. Um, coconut oil is one that's been around in traditional cultures for a while, just like olive oil has been around for a long, long time. It's the ones that are modern that they're making in the factories. That we just really have never been exposed to long term before. You know, we thought they were heart healthy, they had the unsaturated, they're the polyunsaturated. Sounds so good. Turns out, no, (laughs) they're really not. You're better off having butter, organic butter from happy cows, than you are from having canola oil. We've just been so misled by the the processed food industry. You know, they want to sell you this. It's a lot cheaper to make their processed stuff than it is for you to um, get the butter. So cheap, cheap ingredients but, once but again.
0: Let's stay on that uh, the dairy area because there's a lot of okay. confusion about uh, milk and eggs. So with milk, right. I gave the example of we we look for raw milk, but sometimes we see organic milk, but it's ultra pasteurized. And my wife's like, we don't want it ultra pasteurized; we want it raw. And I was like, you re- you're you're paying triple the amount for for the milk basically, um, yeah. but you're getting just milk so talk to us about milk and then also eggs because eggs are is very confusing for people and sometimes a little bit deceiving i think in terms of labeling where you know you want pasture raised, so at least the chickens can walk around a little bit because otherwise cage-free doesn't really mean what you would think it would mean so could you explain some of the terminology that's used for milk and eggs which are staples that most people buy
1: Really I'm envious that you have access to raw milk because here where I live you know not every state has has raw milk so I just had to celebrate that with you right there if I had access to <laughs> raw milk I'd be super excited but again it has to do with raw milk is more than just you know it it's it comes out it has all these different things in it that are beneficial you know we tend to think that like for example bacteria is always the enemy, right? You know, we're going to get rid of it. I remember watching um, Michael Pollan's series Cooked on Netflix. Did you ever watch that? I have not. It was great. It's only, I think, four episodes. I would highly recommend it to anybody. But there's an episode in there where they've got, like, I don't know, I feel like it might be, it's been a, a few years since I watched, I think it was nuns making cheese in a cave or something in this process. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like they've been doing it that way for, I don't know, thousands of years. Well, the health authorities came in and they're like, this is not very hygienic. You know, <laughs> this is, you know, we gotta, you gotta go to a kitchen and what, well, then they weren't even able to make it. Apparently, all the stuff they were doing in the cave with whatever was important. We need those microbes. So So if you ultra pasteurize everything, it might sound good to our modern, you know, we, we want everything to be just, you know, hygienic, but really those microbes, like for example, you know, in blue cheese, that's not dangerous to us. Um, You know, knowing the difference between what's good for our bodies and what's dangerous for our bodies and the stuff in the raw milk, if it's been, you know, processed appropriately, we're, we're getting stuff in there. We, we don't even necessarily even know all the benefits that come from that versus if you just pasteurize it, it's just... You're missing out on those benefits. So the nuns were able to go back to making the cheese and the cake, <laughs> long story short, but it actually, you know, we don't even know what all those health benefits are. We just think we want it to be a certain way, but really, oops, that was not right. Um, as far as as things like, you know, the all those labels on, on the eggs and the dairy and the the beef, you know, what's actually important? You're right. There's a term called greenwashing. And the industry is just full of it. I mean, whether we're talking about the food industry or personal care products or your cleaning products, greenwashing is, I mean, I was a victim of greenwashing because you look, you're standing in the store and you're looking and you're like, well, I don't know. Cage-free sounds good to me. I'm going to get these. Plus they're a little cheaper than those. (laughs) So we put them in the cart. Honestly. you know, you mentioned the raw milk being so expensive. That's often a good sign that that's the one you want because it costs them more to produce it. So that means it's going to be more work for them, which means it's probably better for the animals. So I'm not you don't always just know the most expensive one, you know, but but probably when it comes to food production, there's a lot to be said for that because they had to put more effort into letting those chickens go outside and eat the, you know, the bugs. Versus right, just being right. cage free, okay. you know. We want we want the animals to have eaten what they're traditionally eating.
0: Really, we'll get to we'll get to sugar in a moment, but um, okay. to the point of eating what they're supposed to eat. And now, uh, from what I've read, many cows are are eating grain instead of eating yeah. grass, and right. it's not really necessarily great for them to eat grain. And as part and parcel of that, what the animals eat becomes what they become. And if we eat them, we are eating what they've consumed and that's becoming us. So we have to be mindful. I don't know if everybody's mindful. You know, they see a hamburger and it's like hamburger, but there's a lot that goes into what that hamburger is. I don't eat meat anymore. I didn't do it for uh, moral purposes. Now I realize I can get everything I could get by not eating an animal. So why should I eat that animal? Right. Um, So I don't, but initially I didn't go into it for that. I just Mm -hmm. thought my body was working too hard to to break down the meat. But then I started doing the research and realized that, wow, the meat, we're consuming what these cows are consuming and what these chickens are consuming. And not all of it is exactly what I would be eating necessarily, not that I eat the food that chickens eat, but they're taking in a lot of uh, uh, supplements, if you will, quote unquote. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe questionable to kind of just, because it's part of farming. So talk to us a little bit about that connection between what the animals eat what they become and what eat, we eat and what we become.
1: All right, so there's really two, two directions that are important with this. First of all, you want to have animals that have not eaten a lot of food with a lot of toxins in it. Like, for example, if you're feeding the cow's grain, and the grain is also treated with, you know, roundup as it was growing, you know, the cows are getting those toxins and then you're going to get the toxins through the cows. So that that's one issue when it comes to that. But the other is you really want animals to be eating what they're naturally suited to eat because that makes a healthier animal. So let's use the cow for an example. You know, you talked about being grain fed, grain finished. Well, cows are ruminants. You know, the way their stomachs, I mean, I, I can't, I'm i not a cow biologist, but from what I understand, they are naturally suited to, to grasses. You know, they eat the grasses, their bodies go through their little stomach system of, you know, it's very different from ours and they're healthy cows. But the way that their digestion works, it is not well-suited to grain. So when you feed them grain, well, they they certainly gain weight really fast, which is good for the cattle breeder right, or the cattle farmer. Um, they, they get big. They also, it, it's a, a, like a very attractive kind of meat. It tastes really good. We like it. We like grain-fed beef in the way that it tastes. But the cow's digestive system, not suited to it. So they're more likely to get sick. So because they're sick, now they got to take all these antibiotics. And so the antibiotics that are treating the cows who are now sick, they do get into their, their meat, into the their muscles, their, into their, their bodies, and it passes right along to us. So we get a little residue from those antibiotics. And it just builds up over time. You might be like, well, that's nothing, but now let's imagine you eat beef every single day. And every day you're getting a little bit, little bits add
0: up. That's a great point. And it's a, It's just important that people realize that everything's connected, and I think that's the point of that. So, if the animal eats that, and you eat the animal, well, you're going to eat what the you're going to become part of what the animal consumes. So, you got to be careful. And what it was given Mm -hmm. exactly. So, Jen Stevens, my special guest, Cleanish is the new book. Eat mostly clean. Leave mainly clean unlock your body's natural ability to self-clean. We've got a lot to cover. So uh, I just want to touch on sugar. I don't want to move off food without touching on sugar okay. because it's it's such a hot button. And, the, and, the, and labeling is a big issue there where um, I'm not going to mention brand names, but, you know, ketchup, very popular ketchup, mm-hmm. high fructose corn syrup. One of the next uh, ingredients is corn syrup. You know, so there's a lot of ways of masking sugar yeah. um, and sweeteners. Talk to us about what people need to look for when it comes to sugar, because and again, you go back to low cal and sugar free yeah. and low sugar and what, what that it's, sugar is confusing. It's a minefield for people who are trying. Everybody knows we shouldn't take in too much sugar, but I, I think people get confused as to what should I eat, this or that. Yeah,
1: it really, you know, it all comes down to once again. The more ultra processed your foods are, the more it's going to have these types of really cheap sugars and corn syrup is really a bad one. Um, it's one that, you know, I, I look for on labels and I actively avoid, I, I actively avoid artificial sweeteners. I actively avoid corn syrup. So I look for something, you know, I, I am not someone who is on the, probably you can figure it out from the name of my book being cleanish. I'm not somebody who's like I will never buy anything that has any kind of sugar on the label and you know like for example I made a delicious beautiful pumpkin pie <laughs> you know at Thanksgiving from scratch and um it was cleanish and it was perfect but if you gravitate away from ultra processed foods you will naturally decrease your intake of all these refined sugars because for example um when, when you're making your your pecan pie or whatever your pumpkin pie from scratch you're in control of what you put in I'm certainly not going to put corn syrup in my homemade pumpkin pie and I'm going to choose like I might choose coconut palm sugar for example that's a higher quality sugar there really are higher quality sweeteners out there and again you know we talked about, the, you know, the processing processed foods, but I didn't really talk about with bread. You know, like when we refine the grains at home, when I'm, when I'm milling it, for example, in my wheat mill, it still maintains all the good parts, the brand, the germ, the enzymes are
0: all so, still there. So if you do, if you do uh, eat bread, because I know some yeah. people have uh, issues with gluten, uh, right. it seems like more and more people, if you don't have that issue and you can mm-hmm. eat bread, what should you look for in the labeling of the bread? Because there's been different conversations about, oh, wheat bread's good. Oh, no, it's not that good. What do you need to look for for bread to get the best quality bread?
1: You know, you just need to look for it. Like, like for example, a brand that you know is focused on choosing organic ingredients, fewer processed ingredients. Like, for example, I know that, Let me. I'm just going to throw out a brand name, Dave's Killer Bread.
0: You know, if that's I, what I... That's what we eat.
1: So there we go. If if you're looking for, you know, the fewer ingredients, I know I can trust that Dave's killer bread is a pretty good high quality bread that I can buy on the shelf. But if I'm going to make bread at home, that's even better. But I'm cleanish. I'm definitely not going to buy the white, you know, traditional sandwich bread that that was a wonder back in the sixties or whatever, but I'm going to look for something that that's a higher quality. And once I identify, here's a brand that I know is focused, then I don't have to read the ingredients every time. Cause I know that this is a pretty safe bet. I can just pick it up off the shelf. You know, Ezekiel bread is also one that I know of because they sprout the grains. As far as what you were talking about, about people having trouble with gluten and Grains, you know, talk about this a little bit in cleanish. Sometimes people get that cause and effect kind of backwards. Um, they might think, like, let's say someone knows they have a lot of gut issues and then they eat some grains. And of course, that causes them to have lots of problems. And then they're like, reinforced, you see, grains are bad. We shouldn't eat them. Look what it does to me. But really, the problem is you have an unhealthy gut. A healthy gut should be able to tolerate real grains. But an unhealthy gut cannot. Um, Like, let's go back a little bit. Let's say you you have a typical standard American diet. There's a very lacking in fiber, right? If you're the standard American diet. Well, that's actually bad for your gut. And you don't have enough fiber for your gut microbes to digest. They might start digesting your gut lining. That that sounds really gross. But they actually, and now you're going to have something called leaky gut because your gut lining is damaged. Now you're going to start trying to, well, no, I need to eat better. So you're going to try to put in, you know, all this high fiber food, except your gut is damaged. So you're like, I can't eat all this high fiber food. It makes me so sick. Well, the reason it makes you sick is because your gut's damaged. So the real cause and effect happened a long time ago when your gut became unhealthy, but you can heal your gut. It's just awfully, you know, it can be a process. I just went down a rabbit hole but no no that's okay and we could do a whole show
0: on healing leaky guts i totally get it but we i want to get i want to get to the uh household cleaners and the personal okay. care products so all right going in the same direction what are, what do are consumers need to know or listeners and viewers need to know about choosing the right personal care products and household cleaning products because you know you can do lemon and vinegar and baking soda and all of that stuff but you know that you also there's a convenience thing where people want to grab yeah. some stuff off the shelf and there are there are some good alternatives there
1: there are I'll tell you what I went down that rabbit hole before too and my husband was like why does our house smell like vinegar i'm embarrassed <laughs> to have people over <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I've done that, but I I like the convenience too. So I'm going to share a a, a great resource with your audience. Have you ever used the Environmental Working Group's Healthy Living app?
0: I will. I'll check it out. Get it.
1: Download it. It's free. (laughs) The Environmental Working Group's Healthy Living app. It is fantastic. You know, I talked before about greenwashing on labels. I'm going to tell you. I was bamboozled by all the the cleaning product labels. I had some that I thought were like fabulous brands that I thought were good just because, you know, on the label, it makes it look so natural and they throw all those buzzwords at you. And so when I started, you know, I was using the Environmental Working Group app. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm writing this book now. You know, I'm already doing a really good job with my personal care products and my cleaning products, but let me just check them. I was astonished at how bad some of these actually ranked. Um, One example I talk about in Cleanish, my husband had this mouthwash that he used and it was like healthy. You know, you bought it in the natural section. It was made by a dentist. It had aloe vera. It sounded so healthy. Well, guess what ranked higher than that? Plain old Listerine that my grandmother used got a very high score on the Environmental Working Group app. Now, if I put those two products in front of you, original Listerine that's amber colored versus this, you know, healthy dentist looking aloe vera mouthwash, which one would you have chosen as the healthy one? You would have made the wrong choice. So using resources that actually have really investigated the products, like the environmental working groups app, that can be very helpful. And then you get your core products and then it's easy. You know, you're no longer standing in the store like, you because you know what to buy. Um, but, but sometimes it's very surprising
0: How about with personal care products. Like what, what are some of the buzzwords that they need to know and types of ingredients to avoid in their personal care products?
1: And again, I'm going to tell people to go straight to the app because like the example I gave with dihydrogen monoxide, you can't always tell just because it's a long, crazy-looking word that it's going to be bad for you. And you don't want to fall victim to greenwashing. So the Environmental Working Group does a great job of having the personal care items in there as well. I, for example, have found a brand that I like, and, and there are lots of good, clean brands out there. But you look for a brand, like I talked about with Dave's Killer Bread, but with your personal care products. Like I buy all my makeup, shampoo, everything from a certain brand that has what they call their never list, and they don't use any of these certain types of chemicals ever. So I know I don't even need to read the labels because their commitment of their company is we will never put any of these things in there. But you really have to check and make sure, you know, like the one that I thought was good, you know, with the greenwashing turned out to not be as, as great as I thought it was. And it can be really confusing for consumers. So find those brands that, you know, Environmental Working Group will, will also verify, yes, they are as good as they say they are and then you can just trust that that brand has got what you need and then you know remember that Ronco ad with they were like set it and forget it with the, the rotisserie grill that's how i like to live my cleanish life i can set it and forget it and i don't have to stress about it i just i know this is a safe product line this is what i'm going to use
0: let's talk about the body how the body can clean itself and the core organs how do you keep them clean and your personal perspective on vitamins and supplementation as part of that mm-hmm.
1: All right. So, you know, our bodies are amazing. We have got amazing self-cleaning mechanisms from head to toe all throughout our bodies. You know, we all know our liver is important in detoxing. Well, it really, really is. Our kidneys, our skin, all of our, our body knows what to do. We have our lymphatic system, our glymphatic system. All of them are tasked with filtering out the toxins, cleaning them out, processing them and helping us eliminate them from the body. But we've got a problem. The problem is our bodies are designed to deal with, you know, like a thousand years ago kind of toxins, not what we've got going on now. You know, babies are being born now with chemicals in their cord blood. But, you know, because the, it's passed from the mothers and it's, you know, the mothers are trying to, to be healthy, but stuff is everywhere. So our bodies are overburdened. So we have to support our bodies the best we can so that they can do the important detoxing that they know how to do. You don't have to do anything fancy. You're not taking special cleanses. You're not, we're just being intentional about what we put in, you know, like organic produce, you know, organic meat and dairy, you know, we're not putting in. Those artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, chemicals—we're we're not cooking in Teflon pans—that sort of a thing. Um, less is coming in, and then one of the most important things is to support your body's self-cleaning with nutrients that you put in, because all those vitamins and minerals—you don't even really know why you're you you're, you need them, but you do. Well, it's because you know some of them support your liver as it does its work, and so your liver relies on those nutrients to, to do what it needs to do. Like it takes these toxins and it does things with them and processes them and gets them out. But if you don't have that nutritional support, they can't do it. So let's talk about, you know, the, the vitamins and supplements that you can take.
0: Let me, let me, let me, let me put one thought in there. I'm sorry to interrupt. Some of the thinking is that it's good to take, if you take the right supplements, it's good and almost necessary because a lot of what we consume is not that good. And a lot of what we're exposed to is not that good. So the additive parts of, you know, the supplementation becomes more necessary uh, than we may think it is. It's not like, oh, you're just a vitamin, you're a health nut, you're taking all these vitamins. Well, the reason is that because the food we're consuming and our environment uh, is causing us a need to take in more to just to get us up to speed to where we should be because
1: our soil is depleted for example you know our soil is depleted of important nutrients because of all the 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 modern farming methods so that's why you know organic foods organic fruits and vegetables really do contain more nutrients like if you've ever tasted a a tomato that was homegrown it tastes really different from a grocery store tomato because it's got completely different nutrients in there and we're tasting all that and the food, but they've, you know, the, the watery tomato that you get at the, at the grocery store that's been grown conventionally. I mean, when I say conventionally, I mean, you know, factory farming kind of thing. It doesn't have all the good stuff in it. So in that case, you're right. We want to get as much as we can from our foods, but, and you've got to be really careful when it comes to supplements, because a lot of the supplements out there, um, first of all, we're, you know, foods are very complicated. The phytonutrients in that tomato, you know, you could throw out a few, you know, buzzwords lycopene, you know, vitamin C, but there are actually thousands of phytochemicals in that tomato, not just, you know, the, the two that we think are really important. So you can't replace everything from the real food with artificially created supplements because you might be getting a couple things, but, but not really everything that that real tomato was going to give you. So it gets really complicated. Also, to make it even more complicated, the supplement industry is pretty unregulated. And so, you know, when they've done tests on what's really in there, some of them are not at all what they claim to be. You know, like you may be taking in in cleanish. I talk about a study they did. I think it was Harvard that did it. um, Ginkgo biloba. You know, was supposed to be ginkgo biloba, and it like wasn't. (laughs) It was, you know, they found all sorts of crazy things in there. But what they didn't find was ginkgo biloba. So you have to, again, like I talked about with some of the other brands, really, you know, only buy supplements from brands that you trust. You know, if they are verifying what's in there, if you know they're working with those third party verification systems, so that you really know what you're getting. Like, for example, some supplements that are supposed to be, for one thing, might have had actual pharmaceuticals in them that were banned from the market, but now they're putting them in these supplements that claim to be something else, but you're really getting a pharmaceutical. So that's a little scary to me. So I'm really cautious about supplements that I take and, and really only once I vet the company and really know Okay. You know, like, like if I've met the founder of the company, I'm like, I actually, there's a supplement line that I, I take. I've met the founder. He takes them himself. I feel good about those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jen Stevens, the name of the book is cleanish. Eat mostly clean, leave mainly clean, clean, and unlock your body's natural ability to self-clean. We're running out of time, but real quick, last question. Can you give like three quick tips that people can get started to live a more cleanish life?
1: Perfect. You know, okay, three tips. Let's see. First, get that environmental working group app and, and start looking at some of the stuff in your house. And you're going to be surprised at what you find. Okay. You know, and, and just over time, swap them out for higher ranking things. Two, prioritize real food. It, it's, it might feel like more work to cook it yourself, but you're getting so many more nutrients. And three, organic when you can. You know, if you can't, if you can't do organic, a conventional zucchini is better than an organic, you know, popsicle or whatever, got it. you know, you got, I got it. so I got it. <laughs> we we want to prioritize the real foods, especially fruits and vegetables and things like
0: that close to how they came in nature. Hey, where can everybody find more about you and your book, Jen?
1: All right. If you go to jenstevens.com, Jen is G-I-N, Stevens with a P-H. I have everything there. I have jenstevens.com slash cleanish. You can find links for cleanish there. Um, you can find, um, I have different communities that you could be a part of. If you wanted to um, learn more about that, intermittent fasting, we didn't even touch on that, but that is one of your body's best self-cleaning mechanisms. So you can learn about that and get connected and you can listen to one of my podcasts, um, intermittent fasting stories, the intermittent fasting podcast, or life lessons, which is not about fasting at all. It's about awesome. all sorts of things, but yep. Check out cleanish, check out fast feast repeat.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Jen. Great job. We did intermittent fasting last time. Maybe we'll do it again. Yep. And I hope to see you again and best of luck with the book. It's a terrific book. Everybody Thank cleanish Jen Stevens, my special guest on guys, guys radio. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, that was a very informative interview with Jen Stevens. I'm so glad she uh, returned to Guy's Guy's Radio and uh, we got into her book, Cleanish, and really learned a lot about the foods, personal care products, and uh, household products that we need to really become more educated about when making the choices as to which products to use because as we discussed and as i mentioned in my opening com- comments we're always all of us are exposed to stuff all the time anyhow so the more good decisions you could make about what products to choose uh, the better off you'll be but it's not going to be perfect you can't bat a thousand uh, but you can do a good job and all of us i think can do a better job and uh, I think we learned a lot from Jin about um, the importance of reading labels and being able to interpret what's on the labels and what some of these terms mean that are on the labels. And again, the name of the book is Clean-ish, Eat Mostly Clean, Live Mainly Clean, and Unlock Your Body's Natural Ability to Self-Clean. And obviously, if you can go organic all the way, that's great. A lot of times, it's not possible or doable to do that. So then you've got to figure out, okay, GMO, non-GMO, uh, natural flavors what does that mean um, a lot of these hidden ingredients uh, with sweeteners fructose high fructose corn syrup there's a lot of stuff to look out for um, with the foods and products that we buy in the supermarket and wherever we buy our personal care and cleaning products and, and you just have to educate yourself and what usually what happens having worked in the corporate marketing departments of some major fortune 100 companies in my career, They're going to make the changes they need to make. So if people put their foot down and say, we want products that are, you know, sugar-free. First, it was that a while ago. They started making sugar-free products because it was demand. We want organic versions. Well, you can get organic Doritos now. And that's great. But it's up to the consumers to, to lead and guide these corporations and these brands to say, this is what we want. We don't have a problem with your brand but we want it to be better for us, so we want you to do this. And um, when people uh, put up a big enough stink or they stop buying the product, these marketers, believe me, they're smart and they'll say, hey, w- they'll do a lot of research and they'll find out what's holding sales back and from the consumers and they'll hear it loud and clear and then they'll make decisions to make better products for us. And that's what they do and that's how it works. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. The podcast on my YouTube posts worldwide every Thursday. The name of the YouTube, just use my name, Robert Manny, and it's called Guys Guys TV. And you can find the podcast on over 30 platforms worldwide Guys Guys Radio, you can use that or just put my name in and you'll find me. I'm all over social media. You can also catch me on my website, Robert Manny, dot com. There you will find a lot of free stuff. I've got over 300 blog posts, everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. We just posted part one of a new post called How to Get Unstuck. And what I wrote about is about how uh, people, particularly guys, over time, as they age, they kind of get set in their ways, and it's good to have positive habits, like you want to brush after every meal, things like that. But other other way, there's many other ways. Excuse me, that guys can sometimes get stuck in that they don't want to hear anything else besides what they think. They're already convinced they know everything. They're going to watch the same news that tells them what they believe in already, and it's really uh, difficult sometimes to get through the guys. I find uh, uh, from our research that. Women seem to be a lot more open-minded. Now, a lot of women get set in their ways also. A lot of human beings get set in their ways at their age. So I wrote this two-part post called How to Get Unstuck, and I've got six tips in there to help you get unstuck, and I think you'll enjoy it. So check it out on my website, robertmanny.com. You can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is the source material for everything Guy's Guy. Um, you can download it and then you can buy the book on Amazon or wherever. You can get the physical book or the uh, digital download, whatever you choose. And I think you'll have fun with it. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in New York City. And it's kind of a sneak behind a curtain into the world of modern men and their weird, wily ways and their dating habits. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a romp. It's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. And uh, I know my wife's been watching the uh, reboot of Sex and the City. Maybe I'll check it out. Maybe not. (laughs) So Guys Guys Radio, thank you so much for your support. I thank Chris, my trusty producer, my expert in all things having to do with production. And she helps me out with my website and uh, does a terrific job. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to all my guests. I've interviewed over 600 people. I've had a blast. I've learned so much. And I hope you guys have also. And most importantly, thank you, my audience, as it grows and grows and grows worldwide. We're having a lot of fun. We're bringing a lot of interesting guests and interesting content and hopefully helpful content to help you live your best life. So Guys Guys Radio, I'll see you back here next week. Until then, as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.